0: Do the wheels of the bus go round? How is the community squaring a desire for a more robust public transit system with the existing logistics? There are no direct answers to those questions in this or any other edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement, but this particular episode will inform you of some current thoughts by movers and those who tell the movers what to do. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, somehow remembering a rat song. What comes around goes around, but will it get you there on time? On today's program, a brief summary of who is who in area transit providers. The Afton Express reports on ridership in its first 16 months of operations and looks ahead to the future. The CEO of Jaunt provides a glimpse into how it is recovering from recent funding errors caused by potential mismanagement. Albemarle School Transportation is raising the bar on driver pay. The University Transit Service talks about their current night pilot and a need for drivers. And Charlottesville Area Transit briefs the Albemarle Board of Supervisors on its contract to provide microtransit service later this year. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement... Camp Albemarle has for 60 years been a wholesome, rural, rustic, and restful site for youth activities, church groups, civic events, and occasional private programs. Located on 14 acres on the banks of the Mormons River near Free Union, Camp Albemarle continues as a legacy of being a Civilian Conservation Corps project that seeks to promote the importance of rural activities. Camp Albemarle seeks support for a plan to winterize the Hamner Lodge, a structure built in 1941 by the CCC and used by every fourth and fifth grade student in Charlottesville and Albemarle for the study of ecology for over 20 years. If this campaign is successful, Camp Albemarle could operate year-round. Consider your support by visiting campalbemarleva.org donate. Today's edition is a little different. I have written about transit planning in this community for many years, and I was present at a February 2008 meeting of the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors and the City of Charlottesville when they heard from consultants who suggested the creation of a regional transit authority. For various reasons, that idea was shelved, but came back in the form of a regional transit partnership. That group has met since the fall of 2017 to talk transit. Here are some highlights of where we are right now. Charlottesville Area Transit continues to be a a six-day-a-week service due to staffing shortages caused by the pandemic that remain challenging despite a raise for starting drivers and mechanics to $21 an hour. Route changes for the city-owned service went through a public process in 2021, but implementation remains delayed. Jaunt continues to rebound from allegations of fraud and misuse of public funds by its former CEO. Those allegations forced Jaunt to receive less funding for a time, but new CEO Ted Reek recently made the rounds of local governments to speak of the agency's plans for the future. The University Transit Service continues to be a separate entity that exists to serve students, faculty, and staff in a highly concentrated area. UTS receives no federal funding, and its schedule depends on whether the University of Virginia is in session. There is an ongoing study to recommend a governance structure for an expanded regional transit system. More on all of that as we go through this newsletter. Now, on to some individual stories. One of the topics discussed over the years at the Regional Transit Partnership has been planning for new service in the Stanton area and the Charlottesville area. The Afton Express launched on September 1, 2021, and the Central Shenandoah Planning District Commission recently issued an annual report for the first 16 months of service. Here's a section from the executive summary of the report. Despite launching the service in the midst of a global pandemic when many commuters were working from home, a small group of dedicated riders showed up and have continued riding ever since. This group of passengers grows each month. In all, 12,261 people used the service from September 21 to the end of last year. On the western side of the mountain, the most popular pickup spots are the Waynesboro Park and Ride Lot and the Stanton Mall. On the eastern side, that's Central Grounds Garage and the UVA West Hospital Complex. Fares are $3 one-way or $25 for 10 rides. The report also explains how service times were adjusted to reflect an increase in traffic as the pandemic continued to recede last spring. The report also looks ahead to the future with an expansion of service, as well as a conversion from startup funds for a demonstration project to recurring funding through the Section 5311 formula, technical but important. Afton Express is part of the BRIGHT service, and the idea is this would become another of their regular routes. The expansion will add a third bus into the rotation to increase frequency of service, with additional stop times in Charlottesville and adding a fifth trip in the evening. Afton Express will be able to serve more commuters with schedules outside of the traditional 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. work hours. Are you interested in checking out the service? They started a new schedule on Monday. Take a look and let me know and others what you think. Yesterday, I got an email that the Regional Transit Partnership meeting for February has been cancelled. So let's quickly go through some of the highlights of the meeting from January 26th, though Charlottesville Area Transit Director Garland Williams was not present, nor was one of Albemarle's deputy county executives. We'll hear from them later. Every single meeting of the RTP begins with a chance for people to speak out about transit-related issues. At the January meeting, the town manager of Scottsville put in a word for jaunt, the only transit service to serve his community and Buckingham County. Here is Town manager Matt Lawless.
1: I just want to represent the Scottsville neighbors who rely on this service, uh, elders going to appointments, and a few younger commuters who i'm really um who are really happy to use Jaunt regularly in their commuter service.
0: that queued up an update from Jaunt to begin the year. Jaunt is a public service corporation with stock held by five area localities. Here is Ted Reek, the CEO of Jaunt. Uh, Our organizational structure is the same as GRPC and Richmond.
1: We think we're a good investment in the community. Uh, Other studies have shown that every dollar spent on transit uh, turns over seven times in the
0: community. Reek does not shy away from acknowledging a rocky few years for Jaunt.
1: Uh, John has been set with challenges in the last couple of years. Uh, no, no news. Uh, a couple of years ago, the agency was in royal and some controversy. And we had some staff members that made some bad
0: decisions. One of those was to mix federal funds for rural service with federal funds for urban service. The Federal Transit Administration penalizes such actions. In 2021, 70.1% of the jaunt's budget came from the federal government. This will have a strain on the ability to purchase new rolling stock that serves the rural area. Reek said a future regional transportation authority will also have to contend with many of these same issues. Jaunt is planning for the future by being ready to provide microtransit service, planning for the use of alternative fuels, and recovering ridership that is still rebounding post-pandemic. They have applied for a grant to begin implementing the recommendations of a committee that suggests going electric is the answer for fixed route service. One of the main issues facing any transit agency is the shortage of drivers. That's certainly the case for pupil transportation at Albemarle County Public Schools. Charmaine White is the Director of Transportation and she said her team is preparing a strategic plan to address the issue. Part
1: of that um, recruitment and retention, as you know, we went up to $21.50 an hour.
0: White said the system has also implemented a step scale for experienced drivers, and one plan is to let people know of this potential.
1: We have drivers now making $32, 38 35 $40 hour because of their years of experience.
0: Another component will be the outsourcing of pupil transportation to private companies. White said some employees have some trepidation.
1: This doesn't mean we're eliminating jobs. Absolutely not. What we're trying to do is get some relief for our employees. Uh, Right now they're doing a lot of double back runs and I'm trying to figure out a way how can I
0: help One request for quotation that's currently out there is for buses that can transport grade three elementary students to Amazement Square in Lynchburg for a field trip in March. White said the fleet now has two electric buses, which are soon going to be put on the road. They have also added more 14 passenger buses, which do not require the driver to have a commercial driver's license. (laughs) The University Transit Service offers 15-minute headways while school is in session. Last year, the service began to offer some late-night service. Kendall Howell is the assistant director of UTS.
1: We run one route that kind of goes through the most popular areas, like the library, the corner, to the dorms. Uh, And then we run what used to be known as Safe Ride, uh, but it has been rebranded as UTS On Demand.
0: Howell said that more data on the service will be brought before the partnership in the future. He added that UTS has four battery electric buses on order, and they will be available this summer.
1: We'll have a ribbon cutting probably in September or October, uh, and we hope that those, those buses you know, join our, our service um, before the end of the year.
0: Howell said UTS also suffers from driver shortages and needed 12 additional drivers as of the January meeting of the Regional Transit Partnership. He said UTS recognizes the important role that drivers play.
1: The the main thing, I think, for me is this concept of elevating a bus driver in the public consciousness from sort of an entry-level type position to a trade to a train that they choose like you know on the level of an
0: electrician or a plumber the update from Charlottesville area Transit was given by Juan Lee, the agency's assistant director. He said ongoing studies include an alternative fuel study, a transit strategic plan, as well as planning for microtransit. We'll hear more about microtransit in a minute after the break, but the biggest issue is the lack of drivers and Lee said the city will pattern a similar program to Albemarle's Step scale program. Lee also said the city would like to hire third-party vendors to help with the driver shortage for the school system as well. Work continues on a study for what it would take to bring all of the various transit agencies under one umbrella, even if just for the purposes of securing more funding, The firm AECOM is receiving $150,000 for this work. There will be a more full update at the March meeting of the Regional Transit Partnership on this governance study. But if you want to know more background, I've got you covered. In the newsletter, there are links to several articles, and take a look. Stories could be written about the cumulative price of all of this planning. Will any of it ever come to pass, or is this all just make work? It's not my job to answer that last question, but I do remind you I was in the room... On February 11th, of 2008, when I was so much younger, then I'm so much older than that now. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second Patreon fueled shout out, are you interested in helping a local organization keep our local river clean and protected? The Rivanna Conservation Alliance is holding an open house on Wednesday, February 15th at their offices on River Road in Charlottesville. Come by anytime between 4 and 7 p.m. to learn about their programs and the many ways you can get involved. Staff will be on hand to share information about monitoring, restoration, education, and stewardship activities. New and current volunteers are welcome. Light refreshments will be provided. You can visit RivannaRiver.org to learn more. conclude today, one big story on one particular aspect of regional transit that isn't quite coordinated like that just yet. Charlottesville Area Transit has a contract to work with Albemarle County to provide microtransit service in the area along US-29 in the Urban Ring as well as in the Pantops area. Jessica Choi is a transit planner with the firm
2: Kimley Horn. Microtransit is a real um, is a on-demand transportation solution, really being implemented across the nation and here in Virginia. Folks can make real-time trip requests, and those trips are dynamically routed um, and kind of programmed through the application, and the vehicles dynamically routed to serve those trips.
0: Microtransit is seen as a way of providing an alternative to driving for people who live in Albemarle's growth area. On January eighteenth. The Board of Supervisors got an update on how preparations are going for service to begin later this year. Last year, the Board of Supervisors agreed to apply for a grant from the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation to fund a one-year pilot of the service, very similar to the pilot for the Afton Express. The idea was to provide service in Pantops and U.S. 29. Here is Deputy County Executive Trevor Henry.
3: We funded our our portion of the grant, and um, the uh, Charlottesville Area Transit made application for this uh, pilot program, and it was awarded
0: last summer. The total amount of the grant to Charlottesville Area Transit is for 1.94 million dollars. That includes a match from Albemarle of 388 thousand dollars. The service is owned solely by the City of Charlottesville. CAT hired the firm Kimley Horn to provide logistical support. To get the project up and running,
3: Kimberly Horn was brought in to augment CAT staff to evaluate the um, um, the program, um, best practices, options as far as implementation, with with a focus on uh, execution and 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 um, customer experience. You know, in these in
0: these two areas, this service will operate as a Charlottesville area transit service, according to Jessica Choi.
2: One thing that we did want uh, to make clear uh, to to you all and and about this service is that this microtransit service and the operator will be operating under the CAT umbrella of services and not be its own standalone um, entity.
0: The service on U.S. 29 would operate from 6.30 a.m. to 9.00 p.m. Monday through Saturday and would feature three vehicles, which are much smaller than the large buses, used on fixed route services.
2: The projected riders per weekday is 75 with the potential to grow to 360 daily riders and an average wait time for riders of less than 15 minutes.
0: There would only be one bus per pantops, which would operate on that same schedule. The projected number of riders there is 25 a day with a growth potential to 240. Charlottesville Area Transit will issue a request for proposals for a third party to actually provide the microtransit service. Here is Garland Williams, the manager of Charlottesville Area Transit.
3: And then the RFP will come back as a part of um, our finals and come back to the board, hopefully in April or May time frame, to kind of give you uh, a detailed um, analysis of where we are.
0: Williams said a date for when the service will launch depends upon the results of the RFP. There are many components.
3: So the software implementation, that can take where, anywhere from um, four to six months um, for implementation. So when the software, whoever we uh, procure as a a funding, as a operational partner, um, the implementation from installation, testing, and training can take the four to six months to make sure we work out all of the bugs.
0: Then there's an open question of what the fare would be if one is charged. CAT is currently operating fare-free through a grant from the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation. He said because CAT does not currently charge a fare, adding a fare for microtransit could trigger a need for a federal review of compliance with the Civil Rights Act in a process known as Title VI. The budget for the grant also includes $135,000 for marketing and advertising to make sure people know about the service. Supervisor Diantha McKeel has been a member of the Regional Transit Partnership since it was formed in 2017. She said it is critical that Kat and Albemarle pull this off. Whether or not our community chooses to
2: use this pilot will determine the interest in ridership, transit ridership in our community. So
0: it's critical. McKeel added that she felt the hours were too limited and might not work for people who work at Santara Martha Jefferson Hospital. Henry responded that the hours were those that were specified in the grant application. As we
3: experience the the project, you know, we certainly could look to expand it if it is successful.
0: Williams said the RFP could be set up with a foundation of the stated hours, but an add-on could be listed for additional hours. McKeel said she was concerned about having the service branded as Charlottesville Area Transit. Based on what has happened with the pandemic Mm -hmm. and the decrease in
2: ridership and the struggle around um, bus drivers in our community, um, many folks have an impression that CAT... They've struggled with CAT. I mean, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Let's face it. And I have a lot of folks that say CAT's not reliable in my urban ring. So how are you going to address that if the
0: microtransit service is labeled CAT? Williams said that marketing will help with that service and that the third-party service will be responsible for staffing and providing the vehicles.
3: From the community standpoint, when they call that number, that will be a, a dedicated group of drivers um, that are dedicated strictly to microtransit. And it won't be pulling from the existing numbers of drivers that's ha- having uh, just operating on the fix route system today.
0: Williams added that microtransit drivers do not need a commercial driver's license, so that will open up the potential pool of applicants. Albemarle Supervisor Jim Andrews said he was concerned that if the ridership does not materialize, the cost could be expensive.
1: Quick calculation on the basis of 75 plus 25 is 100 riders per day. And if that's six days a week, over 50, 52 weeks, that's about uh, 30,000 trips a year. It comes out to about, when you consider the amount of money being put into it, about $75 per trip if it's not scalable.
0: William said that is a valid concern, but he believes there is pent-up demand on the U.S. 29 and Pantops corridors that will lead to higher ridership than the conservative estimates included in the original study that led to the DRPT grant.
3: I think those numbers are kind of the the floor, but I I don't think those are the ceiling.
0: Supervisor Ann Malick said she wanted whatever firm is hired to have a track record for delivering this service already and not learning how to do it at Albemarle's expense. She said she's also concerned about lack of service on Sundays. It
1: is a real burden for people who get off shift at, at 11 and it's dark and it's raining and they're walking down 2.50 to get home, I and mean, that's really really hard on a Sunday. And we've certainly heard about that circumstance both to the hotels and
0: hospitality locations as well, both mm-hmm. on 2.50 toward west and also on twenty
2: nine.
0: Currently, CAT is not offering any Sunday service and has not done so since the pandemic due to driver shortages. Supervisor Ned Galloway said he is supportive of the pilot because he does not think fixed route transit will work on U.S. 29. For instance, how would that ever help someone get from Woodbrook to the Rio Hill shopping center without a car? When the mall was a vibrant location
1: and you could get people from downtown to the mall and vice versa, that was an effective fixed route.
0: Galloway said he was fine with going fare-free, but riders should be asked what they would be willing to pay for the service. He said he just wants the microtransit up and running. This speaks to our climate action policy. This speaks to helping eliminate traffic
1: congestion, right? This helps with economic development because more people could be out moving around in the local
0: economy spending their dollars where they're going. How will it turn out? Guess who's going to be there? Charlottesville. Community. Engagement. And that is the end of this program, and this is perhaps the longest stretch between two podcasts in a long while. Part of this is due to a trip I took last week in which I did not take everything I needed. Part of this is due to a quick illness I seem to have contracted on Sunday, which you can probably hear. And part of it is because I wanted to do a transit edition, and that really is out of the routine of breaking information. I briefly worked as an advocate and part of that time I spent trying to get people to use the bus. Since the pandemic, I stopped being a regular writer as I work from home now, but I'm still interested in how the various policies will come together or how they won't come together. Transit is often seen as the solution to congestion that will come with more people living in this community, but who is going to make sure that all of these visions come to pass? This newsletter is the only information outlet that seeks to cover this as a BEAT, and it's just me doing the work. Do the things that get announced at meetings actually come to pass? There is so much to write about, and that's what I intend to keep doing. But I need your help. Not just in the form of new paid subscriptions to this newsletter via Substack, but I need your perspective. What do you think? What are the barriers that keep you from getting on a bus? That's an ongoing conversation, and one day, I'm going to figure out how to include more of your voices in this podcast. For now, it's on to the next one, so this one ends with a notification that Ting will match your initial Substack subscription. That's a very big deal because it allows me to keep paying my bills. I am not a nonprofit, and I will not seek grant funds. Doing so allows me to be independent with no strings attached. It's only me who decides what I write about. At this time, I felt it was important to write about transit. But what about Ting? If you're looking for high-speed internet, consider signing up. If you sign up at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code COMMUNITY, you will get free installation, a second month for free, a $75 gift card to the downtown mall, and thank you from me. And also thanks to Bracky for the music and to the fundamental grang for whatever the fundamental grang does. Uh, one day we'll tell that story. Right now, it's time to stop talking and get on with production and then the next edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Now it's time to get to work on the next one. Thank you and goodbye.